0: By snap. Option, Elliott. Touchdown. When you come to the big D. Big to Elliott, and they go deep downfield, and getting open and making the catch at the 25-yard line, and taking it all the way into the end zone is Avon Austin. Touchdown, Cowboys. You get beat down. The pass is caught. Cooper the races for the touchdown.
1: This is the Big D beatdown. How about your cowboy? Hey there, cowboy fans. Welcome to the Unbiased Podcast on America's Team. I'm your host, Austin Smith, and joining me today is Ken Cunningham, one of our Analyst over at Pigskin Nut and a lifelong Cowboy fan. Ty Rogers isn't going to be with us today. He's on Hawaii on a beach somewhere, sipping a little drink out of a coconut, it sounds like. So just going to be me and Ken today. And we are the Big D Beatdown, brought to you as always by Pigskinnut.com as well as PigskinnutRadio.com. We break down players on our pro football scouting show as well as tackle some of the most current and controversial topics on our football roundtable. We discuss some of the all greats on our show, Wide Right, and put out exclusive shows on some of your favorite teams in the NFL, such as the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, Pittsburgh Steelers, and of course, your Dallas Cowboys. Make Pigskin Nut and Pigskin Nut Radio your ultimate source for football news and radio. Remember, Pigskin Nut is the football news that you've been missing. All right, Ken, let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and get started today on the big D beatdown. And we are going to kind of up where we're gonna kind of go over mandatory minicamp, you know, finally, uh you know, we get one last opportunity in this process to to see everybody together. And finally, a lot of guys were were getting more involved. We talked about injuries during the OTA's episode that kind of kept guys out. Well, guess what? Travis Frederick's out there getting more work. Not exactly in team drills, but uh, but Layton Vanderesh is back out there. A lot of guys getting back out there and getting involved. And, you know, so we have an opportunity to really see these guys uh You know, go out there and get some cohesiveness. And you know what, Ken? Today we are going to start by mentioning a couple of names that I don't think many Cowboy fans are expecting to hear out of many camps. And that's John Kitna and Kellen Moore. And, you know, I love hearing about John Kitna coming from that high school coaching background and, and getting an opportunity to kind of, you know, kind of take Dak Prescott back to the fundamentals of playing quarterback. And I'm not talking about, you know, you know, how to release a football or hold a football. I'm talking about the footwork. I'm talking about the mechanics. I'm talking about the arm angles, things like that. And then, you know, to Kellen Moore's side, you know, we're starting to hear about him being very aggressive with his play calling out there on the practice field. And, you know, it is only practice. And, you know, they're not in pads out there, but still, you know, that's something Cowboy fans have been screaming for for quite a while. And, Ken, you know, uh, tell me, are you liking what you hear? Do you like to hear about John Kitna and him really coaching Dak and Kellen Moore going out there and really, you know, adding some spice to this offense and, and getting a lot more aggressive with the play calling?
0: Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. And for starters, with with Kitna, I mean, you, you knew what you were getting with Kitna. I mean, he's a... He's he's a guy who played a, a lot of took a lot of snaps in the National Football League. You know he's he's been around the game for a while, so you knew that veteran presence that he was going to bring to the quarterback room, and you already see it. You know panning out for the Cowboys. I mean, now granted, you know, let's not give him give him all the credit. Dak, you know, has been an approving quarterback and a, obviously a hard worker, but I mean, you got to give Kitten, a, you know a decent amount of credit for what we've seen from Dak so far with the techniques. I mean, the, the footwork, you know, just how comfortable he is, you know, kitna being able to read, you know, read the defense and kind of reiterate the Dak and kind of help him, you know, you know, has kitna sees it kind of explaining the Dak, and Dak really, you know, really, really learning, really learning from him. Uh, The, you know, he's taken, he's taken a lot more shots down the field. You know, is that is that Kitten helping that, or like you said, is that some something that that Kellen Moore is really pushing for? I mean, we talked about it uh, previously, but I mean, the the million dollar question for this offense is, you know, what how much of an impact is Kellen Moore going to have on on the offense? You know, is 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 it going to be a lot of his ideas? You know, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like no matter no matter whose plays. No matter whose playbook this is, got you know, this is the Cowboys are going to be using, I should say, you know, like Jason Garrett's playbook might be, you know, all his plays is what is what they're going with, obviously. But Kellen Moore is the one who's calling the play, so you know that you know in that playbook that the Cowboys have, there there's going to be a lot of things in there that Kellen Moore might be utilizing that the Cowboys haven't utilized in the in the past few years, and it really looks like that they are really starting to drill this deep ball and get this and get this deep ball working and i think you have to not not just with the way the league's going but with the team that you have i mean you you look at ezekiel elliott and how much attention teams have to pay pay on him and key in on this guy there is not there's there's not a reason why amari cooper and michael gallup shouldn't be you know, just to, just beating these teams deep across you know across the middle, down the you know down the seams on the sideline, whatever it may be. I mean, there should be mismatches all over the field, and it looks like that's what Kellen Moore is going for. I mean, we saw the deep ball, you know, Dak and and Michael Gallup. It took a little bit to to get it going last year. The chemistry wasn't there. Michael Gallup was a rookie receiver, but they're drilling that in in these in these you know these mini camps and. It's it's looking like they're definitely improving on that. It's looking like Kellen Moore, you know, he's he wants to throw the ball down the field, and I'm not I'm not opposed to it, and, I, and I'm I'm really excited to you know I'm really excited what I'm hearing, and I'm really exciting as we get far, you know, when they start getting into into actual training camp, you know, really seeing how how that evolves and if that if that
1: continues. Yeah, you know, Ken, and 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 I'm gonna piggyback on some things that you've said before in the past, and you know. I think it all comes together. When you look at Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore, and John Kitna, it seems like we've kind of hit a trifecta of, of the right combination here. You know, um, you know, you've talked about John Kitna, how many interceptions he's thrown over his his playing career in the NFL and being a teacher in that sense, like, hey, Dak, I've made that throw before. You don't want to make that throw. Okay. And but, you know, teaching him, you know, hey, man, as far as your decisions, as far as, you know, uh, you know, where you want to take your calculated risks, what part of the field, what time of the game, you know, John Kitna seems to be a nice match. And, you know. You talk about Kellen Moore, you know, uh, we talked about this in the past as well. You know, I I was, you know, you and I were laughing about it about, hey, man, I want to see Kellen Moore pull the old Statue of Liberty play out or something like that. And that's kind of what Kellen Moore has always been. You know, Kellen Moore has has never been the overly gifted quarterback that could just go out there and beat you with his arm. Hey, you know where I'm throwing it. I know you know where I'm throwing it, and you can't stop it. No, Kellen Moore has been a resourceful player throughout his entire career going all the way back to Boise State. And, you know, so he always had to have that little trick up his sleeve. He always had to have those little bit of uh, – you know i wouldn't even say trick plays but those aggressive plays you know that kind of catch people off guard when they're not expecting them that's what kellen moore has always been and that's what i want to see as the offensive coordinator and it sounds like that's what we're getting and 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 like you just said dak prescott you know give him some credit too this guy l- let me tell you something, Cowboy fans. You may have your doubts about whether or not Dak Prescott deserves to be the, the future quarterback of this team, whether he deserves to get paid somewhere between 30 and 35 million, like he's probably going to, and whether or not he can get this team to a Super Bowl. But there's one thing that people never, ever question about Dak Prescott, and that is how hard he works. And that's how much he gives to his teammates. And, and you know, that's the thing. You've got a teacher. You've got an aggressive play caller that's got a trick or two up his sleeve. And you've got a student of the game. And those three together, working together, I mean I- – I absolutely love the results I'm hearing, and, and, and that's what we're going to get to next, and you mentioned it. Cooper, Gallup, these guys should be having big seasons next year based on all the things that we're seeing improvement-wise in the passing game, not to mention a guy like Randall Cobb, who by all accounts, has basically walked right into this offense and not only picked up where Cole Beasley left off, but even added an element to it. You know, tell talk to me about that, Ken. Talk to me about the receiver side of this passing game and how guys like Cooper, Gallup, and Cobb, you know what? They're making us feel a lot more comfortable about our receiver situation than we have in a few years.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting what you say about, about Randall Cobb when comparing him to Cole Beasley because – When Cole Beasley left and we brought Randall Cobb in, I was hoping to, you know, just give me what, give me what Cole Beasley can do for this offense. You know, if you just give me that, then, then I'm okay. Because, you know, Randall Cobb, he's, he's been hurt over the, you know, over the last few years and he, and he's had injuries, you know, really throughout his whole career. And I kind of thought he was on his last leg and I wasn't really sure what, you know, what to expect, but. When you look at it I mean he's all he's 28 years old and it looks like coming to Dallas really is, is looking like it could rejuvenate him for his career I mean he didn't sign long, long term with the Cowboys so this is a guy who's motivated to get you know to get one more contract before you know he he, call, he calls it a career you know he balls out he balls out and then gets you know even if it's not with Dallas he gets a two or three year deal you know somewhere else you know, this that's what he's you know that's that's what his motivation is for and the thing that surprised me about Randall Cobb is just how quick he picks up this offense. I mean, he's a he's a former QB. I'm not sure exactly what level he played QB at, but it really it really shows. I mean, this guy he's a he's speaking about how how John Kitna and Kellen Moore have have helped Dak. I mean, maybe we should give Randall Cobb some of that credit too because I mean, he's in Dak's ear every play telling him what he sees and really and really helping him out. And this is a guy that we're talking, he's going to be, you know, their third receiver. You know, you look at Michael Gallup, who let's be honest more times than not rookie receivers, you know, they struggle, you know, in their first year in the NFL, it's a tough, it's it's a tough transition, you know, between college and pro for a receiver. And we saw Michael Gallup towards the end of last year, really start to take his strides. So him going into year two as a solid number two is that's, that's huge. And, I mean, Amari Cooper, I mean, we talked about him psh, numerous times about what he did for this offense, and it's a guy like him that he's a guy that, and, you know, he he did his interview with Michael Irvin, and he's not, and you heard him, he's not a guy who's expecting to get 100 catches a year or all these targets. He, you know, he's a team-first guy, and that mentality is what's going to help out guys like like Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup and all the you know any other receiver that that gets into the mix I mean we we broke down this depth numerous times even the tight ends I mean when you're that strong at the top of Amari Mari Cooper it's going to help out some of these other guys so much more and I don't know the last time Dallas had this big three receiving core as solid as as they as they do right now and it's, it's it should be it's one of the one of the better groups one of the better groups on the team. I mean, Kellen Moore's in a good spot where he has a lot of guys to utilize in this offense. And we're talking about all this and we haven't even touched on, you know, the, the running back position of the team, which is, you know, supposed to be their strongest point. So like the fact that we're this excited about the passing game just shows how dynamic this offense could potentially be going in going into this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and that's kind of I think that's what 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 I think should be getting Cowboy fans so excited. I mean, guys, the running game is going to be the running game. Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, that offensive line is going to be good, probably no matter what combination of five starters you've got up there. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, you know, if if Xavier Suafilo is starting at left guard when this season starts, I'm not worried. If if Joe Looney is starting at center when this season starts, you know, yes, for, for Travis Verdrick's long-term sake, I might be a little worried, but I'm not worried about what Joe Looney offers. I'm not worried about what Connor McGovern has to offer. I, I'm not worried about Cam Fleming. You know, I, and that, th- those are our four backups. You know, those are the four guys that are going to make up the back end of our offensive line position on this roster, most likely. So, you know, it, those things we've come to expect here in Dallas. What we haven't necessarily come to expect is, is a high, is a, a big, explosive, high-powered offense that that just you know can can rip off points in the snap of a finger, can march down the field in two minutes and 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 put a touchdown on the board. You know, we this is ball control offense here and now we're starting to find elements that hey you know what it it, it the, 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 we may have some some fireworks to this to this group you know, and it's not just the 3 you talked about. You're exactly right. You know, that's not uh you know, let's not forget about the tight ends about guys like Jarwin and Dalton Schultz, you know, in a you know, getting chemistry with Dak for another year. You know, Jason Witten coming back and everything that that offers. And you know, folks, I'm not going to sit here and pound the table and say Jason Witten's going to be near the player he was when he left. I uh, I wouldn't bet against it, but here is what he does bring he brings that veteran back he he brings that experience that he can pass along to guys like Jarwin and Schultz who are still in the developmental stages of their pro careers these are guys that are still learning how to play at this level still learning the finer points and yes even Rico gathers even though you know obviously we got some sour news about him being suspended for a game uh to start the season if that if he's even on this roster you know you know that's that's something, you know, to be excited about. And then you get into John Vea Johnson and all the speed and explosiveness. I mean, it, it kind of sounds the more and more we listen, it sounds like we've got, you know, a, a Tavon Austin like player as an undrafted free agent who's going to be making pennies. I mean, that's, that, that's exciting. The idea of having a guy like that around, you know, to where, Hey, you know, Tavon, it's been, it's been great, but this is a team that's got a lot of contracts to pass out and every dollar saved, you know, helps that helps that cause. So, you know, a guy like John Vea Johnson, we've heard Cedric Wilson, who's the tallest receiver on on, in this group, you know, make a few possession plays, uh, catch a touchdown, catch in the corner of the end zone. We've heard about Jalen Guyton as well, who looks every bit as explosive as John Vea Johnson at times, but has a little bit more physicality to him. So it's just extremely exciting to look at that. And um and think about the possibility of this offense being able to flip a switch and all of a sudden kick it in high gear and now go, 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 go. We're not ball handling. We're, we're, we're not handling the clock. We're not managing the clock anymore. This isn't ball control. No, we are going to get down there. We're going to score. We're going to put you in a bind. We're going to get your defense, you know, on their heels and 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 we're going to put points on the board. You know, that's it, it, it with what we've already got in this offense and Ezekiel, Elliott in that offensive line. It's just very exciting to think that that all of a sudden big plays are on the are on the way as well. Uh, and and we're going to go ahead and take a break right there. When we come back, we are going to tackle the defensive side of the ball, and I know the defensive side of the ball may have even more to be excited about than just the the improvements that we've seen in the passing game on the offense. So I know King can't wait for it. To, uh, you know, and we'll be right back on the Big D Beatdown. We'll be right back after this break. And we are back, Cowboys fans. You're listening to the Big D Beatdown. I'm Austin Smith, joined by Ken Cuttingham today. And we are talking about the mandatory minicamp. And Ken, you know, let's get right into it because I think our defense has probably had players at every single level that have impressed us. And let's let's start with that defensive line. Let's talk, let's start with guys like Robert Quinn. You know, let's start with guys like Malik Collins, Durant Armstrong, and you know, even the undrafted free agent Weiss. You know, let's talk about these guys and some of the things we're hearing about them coming out of this minicamp.
0: Yeah, well for starters, you know, he's my guy and he's also your guy, a guy we talk pretty highly about you know, on other podcasts, and he was our, you know, our breakout candidate this year, and that's Malik Collins, and I think the big thing with him is, you know, he's always been a solid player. The guy was never a bad football player, but the fact he's always been banged up, and he's going through all these off-season surgeries, we've never really seen him in these mini camps. I mean, the first that we got to, you know, got to look at Malik Collins was, you know, towards the end, it was in training camp or towards the end of training camp or, you know, closer to the season. And now we're getting a look at him with a full offseason, and this guy is putting in work. I mean, on a side note, minicamp just ended, and then I'm seeing his, you know, his personal trainer. You know, the next day he's posting videos of Malik Collins out there in the sand going going through technique. I mean, the guy is grinding. The guy has a lot to prove. He's got a big chip on his shoulder, and he's out there trying to make, you know, trying to get himself you know, a nice, a nice payday. And we had talked about, uh, you know, injuries in, in, you know, in the past, you know, letting some of these younger guys or, or your guys down the, down the roster depth, get, get a chance to play. And you mentioned some of the other defensive linemen, you know, like, like Daniel Wise getting, getting a crack at things. And obviously Robert Quinn isn't down the depth chart. He's a guy who's going to be a starter, but, you know, he's showing a lot of pop. You know, he he's looking like he could be a he could be a ten sack player for this team, which would be huge with you know, with especially with not really sure what's gonna happen with Randy Gregory. But with the Tank Lawrence injury and the Randy Gregory, you know, what's going on with his situation and then the Tyron Crawford situation, I mean, you're seeing guys you're seeing guys get a lot of reps and really doing the most of it. Dorrance Armstrong was a guy that the Cowboys love him, man. He played He played really good and, you know, had a good camp last year. And there was times where he was active ahead of Taco Charlton, who was their first-round pick. So that really says a lot about a guy like that. And, you know, one other guy I want to touch on real quick that, you know, nobody, a lot of guys don't talk about is a guy, Kerry Hyder, who, who they brought over. And he was a guy, you know, I was kind of expecting him to be you know, a more interior lineman, uh, I was thinking maybe they utilize him as a, as a three technique, and it seems like so far with some of those injuries, they've been putting him over at at left end, and he's been he's been showing a lot of juice. You know, the guy's got a high motor, and he's been you know people have been you know he's been showing flashes, people are recognizing him. So you know, with this defensive line, how good it is, how their starters are supposed to be, some of these injuries, some of these suspensions that are you know looming or keeping guys off the of, you know out of camp right now is really letting these guys down the bottom half of the the depth chart really really flash and it just goes to show how much how much depth they have on this defensive line.
1: Absolutely, you know, and 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 I don't think, you know, I'm exaggerating when I say that this defensive line group has the potential to make the Cowboys season or break our hearts at the end of it, because I mean, let, let, let's be honest. If we get all our bodies back, if Randy Gregory does indeed, you know, you know, if the league is lenient with the progress he's been making to his, you know, his habits away from the field and some of the issues that he's dealt with, if that's the truth and Randy Gregory is going to be back on this football team, then we are talking about a defensive line that includes DeMarcus Lawrence Randy Gregory and Robert Quinn as your top three defensive ends. It includes Malik Collins in a contract year. It includes a guy like Tristan Hill, who's got loads of talent. You know, still raw as a prospect, but a guy that you can pick and choose the situations that you want to put him in because of guys like Malik Collins. Oh, by the way, you know, let's not forget a guy that that really, you know, hey, th- these mini camps aren't really his bag because pads aren't on. Let's not forget about Antoine Woods. Antoine Woods is a player who really, really shored up a a, a one a, a nose tackle position, you know, our one technique spot last year. And you know what? He's, I mean, he's found a home on this team. And and I honestly, it's funny if there's a, a under the radar guy who's going to get a contract at some point, Antoine Woods is my vote because the truth is, I mean, uh, uh, you know, a, a three year extension for him would not be that expensive. And you know, this is a guy that's you know shures up a position that, like I say, it doesn't play a ton. It's not one of the most glamorous positions, but he does it well, you know. And 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 that doesn't even get into the Taco Charltons, the Carry Hiders, the Durant's Armstrongs, like we mentioned, Daniel Weiss. You know, uh, Christian Covington is another one we haven't talked about. Let's not forget about the draft picks like uh, Jalen Jelks and and Joe Thomas. I mean, guys. We have got a ton of potential on this roster, you know, at the defensive line position. And if it all comes together, we are going to have one of the deepest defensive line groups that we've had in a while. Now, on the other hand, you know, that suspension for Randy Gregory could be all season. A guy like Malik Collins could, you know, I mean, you know, could his career could go the same as it's been going where maybe, uh, you know, and then knock on wood, hopefully that's not the case. Uh, Tristan Hill, you know, could be a year or two away from being ready to, you know, to to have an impact on a regular basis. Robert Quinn could be, you know, could be on the downhill of his career like we thought he was when he was in Miami. I mean, there's a lot of what ifs, there's a lot of, you know, hope involved with this group, but if these guys play to their potential, I mean, it completely flips this group from being a question mark ridden group to maybe one of the most, maybe one of the deepest, and most talented groups on the roster so uh, i'm really looking forward to training camp and seeing what this defensive line group has to offer because we got a lot of names a lot like the wide receiver position we got a lot of names with a lot of different skill sets oh by the way uh, just dawned on me did i not even mention our captain tyrone crawford (laughs) i mean that's that's how deep this group is so i mean so definitely you know an exciting group to watch um I know for me, another guy I was excited about, and I'm going to go back to you, Ken, because I know the guy you're excited about, and I'm excited about him too, but I'm not going to steal your thunder. So I want to just throw this name out there. Joe Thomas at linebacker is not backing down. You know, he is not giving up any snaps if he can't help it. I know that that Sam linebacker position has basically been gift wrapped to Sean Lee, and I love the idea of getting Sean Lee on the field with Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderish. However, Joe Thomas is not a guy that is, is laying down. He's out there covering tight ends down the middle of the field. He's flying around the football. He can play all three linebacker positions in this defense. He wants to play football. He wants to be on that field, part of a winning cause, and I love hearing that about him. Let's Now, now let's switch over to the secondary now, and I'm going to let you take this one away, Ken. Talk to me about how excited you are about to hear all the things we're hearing about Jordan Lewis.
0: Yeah. Jordan Lewis, you know, we we talk about the whole motivation thing. And I think this is a guy that I think he's tired of hearing I think he's tired of hearing everybody everybody say he just doesn't fit in the Chris Richard defense. He's not he was drafted, you know, a year a year a year too early, you know, because Dallas changed everything after that. And I think he's getting tired of hearing that because the dude is a hell of a football player. And, you know, really the only shining moment so far in his career is the six to eight snaps he got against the Saints last year, where he kept Alvin Alvin Kamara in check. And obviously that was a big part of that game and a huge win for Dallas. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, he's getting applauded for six to eight career snaps instead of, you know, putting together good seasons. And I think this guy's this guy's ready to start. This guy wants to this guy wants to compete and he's really getting that opportunity right now because the Cowboys starting corners. They're just, they're not out in the field right now. Byron Jones had, had the hip procedure done. So he's going to be out for a little while. And then, and then, and then Cheeto Chido, he's another guy who's banged up. So the next guy up is, is Jordan Lewis. and, they're playing him inside. They're playing him outside. And he is standing out in camp. And he is really making a name for himself because – and he's basically saying, man, I don't care how big I am. You put me in the damn football game, I'm going to shut down whoever you put in front of me. And that's the mentality that this guy has, and that's his mindset. Now, you know, that that nickel position, it's, it's up for grabs. I mean, somebody's – some. you know, Dallas, obviously, they're going to have three corners on the field a lot. And a lot of times last year – it was Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. What he's showing in camp, he's saying, I mean, listen, I want that spot, that spot's gonna be mine, and they're gonna compete all camp. And you know, I'm rooting for both of them. I like Anthony Brown, I like Jordan Lewis, but hey man, you know, let the let the better football player get on the field, and that's all that's what the competition is about.
1: Absolutely. And let, let me ask you this, Ken. Does that mindset, does that mentality that we're seeing out of Jordan Lewis and we saw it last year too for for everybody. I mean guys, when Jordan Lewis got his opportunities, he played his butt off. Does that remind you of a certain veteran corner that was on this team maybe 2 3 years ago uh that played the exact same position for quite a while for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh let me And I, I I'm t- I'm talking about Orlando Scandrick. Orlando Yeah, you know
0: you're, you know the, the attitude thing. I, I can I can definitely see that. Uh, yeah, because I mean, he's a guy who was never because he you know he was there when the Cal, you know they had Brandon Carr and they had you know they took Morris Claiborne high. He was never a guy. He was he was pretty disrespected you know you know a lot in his career and not you know the one year Orlando Scandrick was supposed to be a starter. Remember you know was it in training camp where he tore his ACL? Was it the ACL that he hurt and he missed the whole season? I-
1: I believe it was the ACL.
0: Yeah. You know? So I mean he like you said, he's another guy that maybe they never really never really got that, you know, there was always somebody above him that, you know, he never really got the respect he deserved. And uh, that's a that that's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good comparison. And that's and that's the that's the mentality that, that Jordan that Jordan Lewis has. And you know, the, the dude the dude wants to play football, man.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what you've got to have if you're going to be that undersized interior slot corner and you know I get that he doesn't fit Chris Richard's mold for what a corner should be in his system but guys let's be honest Th- that nickel corner spot inside is a whole different animal I mean we're not asking you to be tall and long we're asking you to be lightning quick we're asking you to mirror the guy across from you because most likely the guy across from you is going to be just like a Randall Cobb or a Cole Beasley where their routes are the majority of the time are are one two three steps and boom they're cutting they're planting and that ball's on the way so you know you know that's what you've got to be you've got to be quick and you've got to be tough you've got to have some dog in you and for cowboy fans who who never really bought into Orlando Scandrick let me tell you something Orlando Scandrick was a dog out on that field he had the fight in him. And, you know, and, and you talked about all the guys that we brought in. Let's not forget that when we drafted him, he was a, a fifth round selection. We also drafted somebody in the first round that year by the name of Mike Jenkins. We also went out and signed that offseason, Adam Pacman Jones, to go along with the cornerbacks that we already had in place. So, I mean, this is a guy who's had to fight through a lot of corners that were supposed to play in front of him. So I always had a great respect for him. And Jordan Lewis is in the same situation. Hey, you go out, you move Byron Jones back to corner. You go out and draft a Cheeto Owuzie around earlier and you draft Jordan Lewis. You you know, you Anthony Brown is, is getting those nickels reps you know now all of a sudden he doesn't fit hey this guy hey he'll break the mold he'll go out there and he'll 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 give you everything he's got like we saw against new orleans against one of the most explosive playmakers in this game in alvin kamara and and i'm really you know i'm really impressed with what i've been hearing and you know i'll throw this to you ken uh you know, as we're wrapping up, we've also heard about Michael Jackson getting uh, sl- you know, reps in the slot. This is a guy who's who's made some pretty good plays, looked pretty fluid, in fact, for being a big corner. We've heard about Chris Restry, you know, getting snaps at safety, getting him at corner, you know, really building up that versa- versatile skill set. And a guy like Donovan Alumba as well who, you know, has come back after a year on the practice squad. And suddenly now, last year, when he, it seemed like there were flashes and Oh he was always seemed to be maybe just a step short of making a big play well now he's finally you know finishing some of those plays you know when you hear all those things Ken does it not make you think cuz we've talked about uh in, in past episodes guys that 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 could you know fetch a decent Price on the trade market. When you're this deep, there's always at least one or two players that are expendable. And as much as I love Anthony Brown, and I thought he played his butt off last year. Hey, there's a reason Jordan Lewis wasn't uh, wasn't getting as many snaps as we thought, and it wasn't simply because of a uh, you know a build. It wasn't you know a, a measuring stick that was ma- the reason Anthony Brown was on the field and Jordan Lewis wasn't. The guy played his butt off and had a pretty darn good year. At this point, though, I kind of got to ask myself, Anthony Brown's not going to probably be back after next year. You know, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to go find him a home somewhere, somebody that's willing to pay him good money that the Cowboys can't. So at this point, I mean, talk to me, Ken, Is, if, if we get to training camp and a team starts throwing maybe a fifth round pick out there for Anthony Brown, are you jumping on that?
0: Yeah, when you look at trading a player and in my personal opinion, you know, there's there's really three things that I weigh when trading a player and that's going to be the drop off, you know, for the next guy up, you know, when the ne- whoever's taking his job, what will the drop off be? And you know, the the remaining depth in at that position. And you talked about all the guys that the Cowboys brought in at corner, a lot of them, you know, undrafted guys or the guys that they did draft. And they do have the depth there, but like you said, they're unproven guys. We don't know exactly what we're going to get out of them. So then I weigh it to, you know, the durability of the the next guy up. And I think, you know, if you trade a guy like Anthony Brown, a guy you're probably going to lose anyway just to get something back, Jordan Lewis pops in there, and I don't see much of a drop-off. You potentially could even see an improvement. And we're talking about Jordan Lewis as a guy that, you know, he's – pretty pretty durable I mean so he's a guy that you're not expecting to to you know hopefully doesn't get hurt a guy you expect to be on the field a lot I think what makes them maybe a little nervous and why you're seeing Jordan Lewis play a lot of outside cornerback is because of the health of Byron Jones right now and the health of you know we've seen Cheeto get hurt a few times in the past so I think that's a little nerve-wracking so I think they would really keep their eye on guys like Mike Jackson Columba's a guy who's really been shining in that camp, a guy we really didn't touch on, a guy you just mentioned who's, you know, he's been around for a couple of years and he's getting better each year. You know, this guy can make that roster, you know, if he's a guy that they feel comfortable that could be a depth guy, the next guy up, if somebody does get hurt then maybe you pull the trigger on that trade because like I said, you know if you're assuming if Byron, if Byron Jones is, you know, is one of your corners Cheeto Wuze is your other and then your nickel guy is Jordan Lewis, it's that's not a drop off to having the same two and then having, you know, Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown in that spot.
1: Absolutely. You know, and it's, and you're, you're exactly right. I'm not proposing that we make this trade, you know, before training camp, I want to get Michael Jackson and Chris Westry and pads and Donovan Lumba as well. I want these guys, I want these guys to go out and compete against this receiver core that's got talent spread across it. And I want to see these guys prove to me because, Hey, at the end of the day, Byron Jones is coming off a hip injury. Cheeto Owusie, you know, anytime I hear his name, you know, mentioned with the word injury, it scares me. So, you know, I mean, at at this point, you know, we need to know that more than just Jordan Lewis can pick up the slack if Anthony Brown is traded, that the rest of them can as well. So, you know, those are some things that, you know, that, that need to be proven and we won't learn those answers until training camp. So that's when, you know, but, but, but he could be, it could very well be one of those things where, Hey, you know what, who needs a corner who's really short at the cornerback position and who doesn't want to have to get in a bidding war or, or you cross their fingers on the waiver wire to get one, you know, we've got one right here. And like I say, a fifth round pick, who knows, maybe even a fourth round pick, you know, might be, you know, a price tag that's reasonable, you know, in return. So, that's going to be something that we really uh, that we really got to keep our eye on. Um, and overall, you know, hey, there's been a ton of things that we didn't even have time to get to out of minicamp. You know, I love what I'm seeing from Donovan Wilson at the strong safety position. And, and you know, for, for those of you Cowboy fans who say, well, how much can you see? Hey, believe you me, when the pads come on, this guy's a player. You, you can watch his college tape at Texas A&M. This guy's a player when the pads come on. It's impressing me how quickly he's picked up this defense and how knowledgeable this guy is at this point in the process of uh, for a rookie, how much he's picked up on the defensive side of the ball. And, oh, by the way, We've heard a lot of whispers about, man, what's going to happen if at the backup quarterback position, well, then Cooper Rush, you know, puts it to bed and says, Hey, I'll come out and I'll show you guys what's going on at the backup quarterback position. He he has an absolutely outstanding last couple of days of mandatory mini camp. You know, the last day, I mean, ju- just, it sounded like, you know, he had probably his best day of the summer. So, you know, a lot of things we didn't get a chance to get to today, but one thing that we do know is that it's an exciting time to be a Cowboy fan, and now we're just going to have to hold our water for about a month, month and a half until training camp gets here. But uh, but believe you me, Cowboy fans, it'll be here sooner rather than later. Before you know it, they'll be heading off to Oxnard. And that is going to go ahead and do it for us today here at the Big D Beatdown. Uh, you know, another exciting show. when. It, it, next time you tune in, we will be covering the second half of our Garrett versus Rashard debate. And for those of y'all who haven't heard the first episode, uh, we're we're discussing who deserves to be this team's head football coach in twenty twenty. Jason Garrett doesn't have a contract. Chris Rashard's one of the hottest candidates on the, on uh, you know on the market. And truth be told, you know by the end of this season. The Cowboys could have a heck of a decision on their hands when it comes to who is the the head coach of the the football team leading into the 2020 year. So, uh, you know, tune in to catch the second half of the argument with that. We'll have Ty Rogers back with us. And don't forget to visit us at pigskinnutradio.com, the soon-to-be undisputed king of football radio. And don't forget to come see us over at pigskinnut.com for all our write-ups on America's team. Remember... Pickskin Nut is the football news that you've been missing. Thanks for joining us on the Big D Beatdown today, folks. For Ken Cunningham, I'm Austin Smith. We are the Big D Beatdown, and have a good night, Cowboy fans.